0: at the same time and you kind of think how is this all going to work? How is it all going to fit in? Yeah, it's kind of one of those mornings. So we'll just go with the flow. Amen. Lord, we want to thank you that your heart is for transformation. Your heart is for transformation of lives, families, situations, even towns and cities and nations. Can a nation be changed. Can a nation be saved? Amen, it can. Lord, we pray today that you would stir our hearts for the things that are on your heart. That we would hunger. as already been said, as for the deer, pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. That we would have such a longing after you, God. And that we would be so, such uh, filled with fire to see your plans and your purposes outworked in this city and this region. To see your kingdom come and your will be done in this city and this region, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, stir our hearts that we can't just keep going around in the circles. But Lord, that we would enter into the more that you have for each and every one of us collectively, God, in Jesus' name. God, we are jealous for your name to be glorified, Jesus. We are jealous for your name to be uplifted. We are jealous for your kingdom and for your glory, we pray today, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the things that um, I was sharing with some people last night, one of the things that the Lord has been saying is that He's been looking for people like Joshua and Caleb. The Joshua and Calebs who say, you know what, there's a promised land out there and we're going to go on course to take that promised land. Now obviously not we're not talking about land in terms of you know dirt, so to speak, but we are talking spiritually, we're talking about people, we're talking about lives, we're talking about families, we're talking about cities, that there are promises of God to be out, outworked in this nation. We don't need another prophecy about God's plans and purposes for Australia. What we need is the people of God to begin to rise up in their purpose and destiny and actually believe God for his word and take him at his word and start to walk in it amen it's a bit like the the great commission that is you know it, like it says that you know that go go and make disciples of nations we don't kind of need permission to go do we we don't need that because it's the heart of Jesus to go and make disciples of nations and I think about that that's a big vision nations and yet there's a heritage in Bundaberg about nations. Do we understand that? Do we realize that? There's a heritage in Bundaberg about nations. When the revival fire was happening in the early 1900s and the Kanakas and everything, was, you know, people were here and out of that time of slavery and out of all that time when the Spirit of God moved, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ went out of here to the Solomon Islands. Right from this land that we stand on. That's just one example. There is a heritage of nations here in this city, and we wonder why all the backpackers come here. We have an opportunity to impact the world from right here in Bundaberg, because we have the nations of the world come here to Bundaberg. They just need to know Jesus and take him back with them wherever they come from, wherever they go to. Amen? He's looking for people who will actually say, you know what, I'm actually starting to believe this stuff. Because that's what Joshua and Caleb did. They actually believed God. When the others stood in unbelief, they actually said, no, 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 we actually believe God. And I think God is wanting to challenge us, but also encourage us to believe the same. It really is, let him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. It really is. Let him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And the phrase that's been in my spirit for a long time is glory hubs rising. There has to be a restoration of true New Testament Christianity. And in fact, there is a restoration of true New Testament Christianity underway. And I use the word underway because it has started, but we are nowhere near it. The fullness of it where we come back to Jesus, where the church comes back to Jesus, and people all of a sudden, they don't matter what colour the carpet is. And they don't matter that they didn't like that song or they liked that song or they didn't like the preacher's haircut or they didn't like that person's dress. All this other rubbish that has filled the church over years, everything would fall to the ground and that Jesus would be first and foremost again in people's lives. That Jesus, Jesus would be the reason why people gather. That Jesus would be the reason why we go out. Jesus would be the reason. We come back to Jesus and as we come back to Jesus, his love, his love would change us from the inside out as we've been talking about lately. Religion tries to change us from the outside back in but it doesn't work. It's just called try harder Christianity and all it ends up is in frustration. But God changes us from the inside out because he said I've given you a new heart and I will put my spirit in you and I will move you. And man, I've been meditating on that. The moving of God in your heart, he moves you. But you've got to look at him first. You've got to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And as you look to Jesus, his spirit like leaps, just like, you know, the baby leapt in the womb of Elizabeth and leapt. It's like your spirit leaps when you look at Jesus and he begins to move you. And so you can't just do what you've always done anymore because the spirit of God is moving you. Is there an amen? So all of a sudden you go, you know what, Family starts to be manifested. We start to love people the way that Jesus loves them. We start to love one another the way that Jesus loves them. And you know what? People that don't know Jesus yet, and I use the word yet, because there are more and more coming, they need to come into a family. They need grandparents. They need parents. They need brothers and sisters. They need people that are going to love them, support them, help them, pray with them, stand with them, and see them become all that they're meant to be in Christ. The, the, the church needs to rediscover a heart for discipleship. There's not too many people that have a Saul Paul experience. There's not too many in life where they just kind of wake up one day and, you know, they, they were that and now they become this. It doesn't happen that often. It is a process of discipleship where the Spirit of God is moving, but we need to partner with God and we are changed from glory to glory to glory to Glory. This is a journey, it's not an event. It's a journey. We've got to get out of the mindset of event Christianity and realize that when something does happen, e.g., a conference or whatever, it's just part of the journey. It's not going to fix everything for us. It's not going to do everything for us. It's just another part of the journey. We need to see the prophetic application of Isaiah 61 to 2 emerge. That's what we need to see. You know, do we realize that Scripture speaks and then Scripture continues to speak and Scripture continues to speak? Do we realize that? You know, in Isaiah chapter 60, arise and shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. Look, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord will shine over you and His glory will appear over you. We need to see a prophetic application or a prophetic, um, yeah, application of that emerge today. Because I don't know about you, but there's so much darkness in the nations. There's so much corruption. There's so much stuff that happens, you know, that it's time for the church to actually realize that, you know what, that Jesus has already opened the heavens. And we need to live as his people now, shining his light and his glory. Amen. It's an us thing, as we spoke about last week. Remember that the new wine is found in the cluster. The new wine is not found in an individual. The new wine is found in the cluster. As as we press together, the new wine emerges. And so today, there's three words out there. There's the word glory, there's the word hubs, and there's the word rising. You can read that as just one statement, glory, hubs, rising, or you can read that as three separate words, glory, hubs, rising. That's what I want you to read it as, glory, hubs, and rising. Why these three words? Because the glory is about His presence. The presence of God. The Shekinah glory. The word Shekinah means to dwell. As the Shekinah glory of God dwelt between the cherubim on top of the Ark of the Covenant, God's heart was always and has always been to dwell amongst His people. And when Jesus was on that cross and the veil was torn, We have access through the blood of Jesus into the Holy of Holies. His heart is always to dwell. We know his presence. I hear people say all the time different things about his presence. We have to understand there's different dimensions of his presence because God is in us. Amen. He hasn't left us as orphans, but he sent his spirit to dwell in us. And the spirit himself cries out, Abba, Father. His presence is in us. His presence is with us. As he said in Matthew 28, for example, as you go, surely I am with you. His presence is with us. But his presence is also amongst us. When two or three gather, there's his presence manifesting amongst people. But then there's another dimension again, which is his Manifestation of his glory in such a way as people found in scripture in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 and 12, as an example, that the priests could not perform their service anymore, they could not just keep doing what they were doing because the glory of God filled the temple. The glory of God filled the temple. And I don't know about you, but but God wants to reestablish that in his church. Where people encounter the presence and the glory of God, that their lives are radically changed. Anyone with me? We've got to know that we carry his presence. Amen. We've got to know that he goes with us when we go. Amen. We've got to know that that when we come together there's something happens there's iron sharpens iron as we gather together something happens we've got to understand that there's more and as the deer pants for the water and so our soul longs after you know that God would create a, a hunger in us for the more that we don't just want to read about the book of acts that but we want to live it we have to get back to his presence We have to get back to his presence. Right throughout Scripture we see people, you know, people of his presence. Moses understood about the presence of God. David certainly understood about the presence of God. And we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. If the ministry that brought death chiseled in letters on stones came with glory so that the Israelites were not even able to gaze steadily at Moses' face because of its glory. Just think about that for a minute. Moses comes down, he'd had an encounter with God, and his face was so bright and shining that no one could actually look at his face. Can you imagine that? And yet Paul is saying, if this covenant came with glory, how much more glorious is the new covenant? How much more glory is there? How much more? How much more? How much more? And the thing is that, you know, we, the thing that we have to get is, the, is that it's been a long time since we've seen a genuine move of God in Australia. There's little pockets, there's been little, little bits here, there's little bits there, but it's been a long time since we've seen a genuine move of the Spirit in this nation. We have a few people that have joined us over the last little bit, you know, and they tell us about the, in the 70s, in the charismatic days, you know what, when people were rocking and rolling, the presence of God was breaking out and people were, people were falling there and people were being drunk in the spirit. There was words and prophecies and there was things that were happening, but there were lives being changed. It's been a long time since we've seen that. And in fact, we actually have a generation that has never even tasted that. But yet it is the heart of God that we would enter into that that we would see something that is not just an event, something that is not just a moment, but that we would live in His presence and in His glory. Amen. He wants to establish groups of people in cities and nations that would be people that would host His glory. Now, you know what? That actually takes something because that means that we have to die. We don't want to grieve the Spirit of God. I hope we don't. So we're in a place where we say, God, just have your way in me. Lord, I want to have clean hands and a pure heart before you. Get rid of that stuff in my life that needs to be get get rid of. I don't want to be a gossiper anymore. I don't want to be a judger anymore. I don't want to be an accuser anymore. I don't want to be a complainer anymore. I don't want to be this stuff anymore, God. I want to be the vessel that you've called me to be. And so the Spirit of God, as you bow the knee, as you come low before Him, He works in you, and He cleanses you, He cleanses you, and He makes you new, He makes you whole, amen? But it's a preparation for His glory. You've heard me say before that what you behold, you become. And it says in 2 Corinthians 3 that as we behold the Lord, that we are changed from glory to glory, amen? as we behold Him. And so I said a few weeks ago in the message, I said, whatever you seek, you will find. Yep. The principle in life is true. It goes throughout the whole of life. Whatever you seek, you will find. And I use the example of a car. If you were going to buy a Hyundai i30, you would start to see them everywhere. If you were going to buy a Mazda... There's no Mazda 6s. A Toyota Camry, you would start to see a Toyota Camry everywhere. Whatever you seek, you will find. But the, th- but, but the truth is that those things were already there. You just never saw them before. But now you're focusing on them. You're actually seeing them everywhere. And it's the same. you know. If you want to look at faults in people, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find faults with people. But if you want to see Jesus in them, you'll start to see Jesus in them. And you'll start to encourage them in who they are in christ and how they bless you and how they encourage you and you will start to see them rise up to be all that they're called to be see if you all you do is point out people's faults you just going to pull them down all the time but if you start to see christ in them and 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 the goodness of god in them and you start to call that out of them they start to rise up and they start to come into uh fullness and alignment of all that they're meant to be in christ amen We need to set ourselves holy. If we are if we to be a people of his glory, we need to set ourselves holy. Holy. And I'm, I'm not using the holy as in the H-O-L-Y. I'm using the holy as in the W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy. All of us. We need to set ourselves before him. Holy. We don't want to worship him with just 50% of our lives. We want to worship him holy. Amen. Just see what God will do with the people that come and come low. Just see what God will do with the people that start to hunger and thirst after Him. Just see what God will do. His glory. I remember, was it 12 months ago, or so no, I wouldn't have been 12 months ago. Whenever it was, I remember pre- preaching a message about the, gro- the glory of God and one of the saddest, the saddest verses in Scripture was when, hey buddy, was when the glory departed and they named the child Ichabod because the glory had departed from Israel. You are carriers of his presence. His presence is here amongst us but oh, there is so much more. And when you get a taste, you don't want anything else. When you get a taste of his goodness, you don't want anything else. Nothing else satisfies. Nothing else measures up. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. There's actually nothing else when you taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. There's nothing else. Hubs. The church always was meant to be an apostolic centre, an apostolic people, with a revelation that we are sent, we are divinely sent by God to be his agents of change on this earth. It is his kingdom come and his will be done. It is a totally different mindset. Because that means when we gather, we gather to be, it's like we go into the petrol station and we're getting filled up again. We're getting encouraged again. You know, it's like you go to the mechanic and you've got to get some stuff sorted out on your car so your car runs a little bit better. That's what happens when the people of God gather together. Why? Because when we go, we actually go as his sent people to to actually see change. And part of the problem that's happened over the years is there's too much of the world that's come into the church when the church was always born to actually impact the world's. We are his people. We are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I'm not a Tasmanian anymore. I'm not a Queenslander anymore. I'm not an Australian anymore. I'm a citizen of heaven first and foremost. I am a child of God. That's why we can come together. It doesn't matter whether I'm pink or yellow or black or white or whatever nation I come from we actually have the ministry of reconciliation and his name is Jesus we actually have the answer to this nation's problems Christians have the answer but the problem is we still carry stuff from our past with us when it all had to die it all had to get burned at the cross I've had people come to me in the past and they, they say, oh, this is just me because I was born in this country. That's the way I am. And I go, no, 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 you are being transformed into the image of Christ, so you are becoming all things. And the, and the key to this is that the fivefold has to operate, and you've heard me speak about this before. But the fivefold, I just want to just spend a couple of minutes on it. The fivefold is the expression of Christ in ministry. Because Christ was the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and teacher. Amen? He was that. And that's why the fivefold are meant to work together because you can't separate Christ. Christ was not meant to be separated. Apostles off and often do their things and prophets over there and evangelists and pastors and teachers and they just kind of glide by in the night. It was never meant to be that way because it's the whole expression of Christ. They're not meant to be divided. That's why it was awesome when we went to Tamworth and we had different five-fold ministries working together and we wonder why God was moving in that place. Because something happens. But it's interesting because it's all about bringing us to a sense of maturity. This is the one verse that I want to just pull out of Ephesians 4 because we've got other things to look at. I've got a few bookmarks today. It says that he gave, Jesus gave, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You know this. You've heard me speak about it before. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ, and this is the verse, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ. So God is wanting to make us mature in all areas. Amen? In all areas. If I can put it this way this morning, you might need to give me a little bit of poetic license, and I hope it doesn't offend anybody. But the apostle is kind of like an anchor. Now we know that Christ is the anchor, I'm not talking about salvation. But I'm talking about that the apostolic and the and the heart of the Father manifested through the apostle is meant to bring security in your life. In terms of you know who you are in Christ, you know your identity, you know that you are loved, you know that you are secure. So that when the things that happen in this world, the winds and the waves stuff, they don't move you. When circumstances in life come against you or someone even comes to speak against you, it doesn't move you because you know that you are loved and accepted and whole and secure in in christ the prophet doesn't just go around prophesying over people that does happen but throughout scripture it's always a like the prophet is like a compass bringing people back to jesus bringing people back to the ways of god bringing back there's always an element of calling people back to jesus and calling people back to the ways of god they're like a compass And yes, they'll give you direction. God will give you direction through them like a compass does for your life. But if it's not in line with Jesus, then there's something wrong with it. That's one of the things I love about Katie Barker is that she always keeps bringing it back to God. When she ministers, she always keeps bringing it back to God. Amen? The the evangelist is like a beacon. The Word of God says that we're like a city. We're meant to be like a city on a hill. Even in Bundaberg, which is flat as a tack. Okay, there's a couple of little undulations. There are undulations. When you're driving in from Jason and Georgie's place of a nighttime, coming down Jin Jin Road, okay, when you're driving in, you can still see the glow of the city in the sky. Even though it is dead flat, you can still see the glow of the city in the sky. How much more is it meant to be when we're a city on a hill? How much more? Amen. They're like a beacon encouraging us to live our lives holy, you know, to actually live for Jesus, to live for Jesus every day, not just come and do our thing and then disappear and go and live life. No, no, no. It's about living our life for Christ and be, and be open to what God wants to do through you during that week. Amen. The pastor is like one who carries the heart. It carries the heart, you know, because it's all about loving. It's it's about learning how to love, knowing that you are loved and learning how to love others because by that love, people will know that we are disciples of Jesus. And the teacher's like a rock because the word is like a rock that we stand on. Jesus said, you've got to build your house on the rock. My words, my words remain in you. Let my words remain in you. There is so much stuff out there. That is contrary to the word of God. You got to, You need to get the word of God into you. And teachers want to get the word of God into us that we can like stand on the rock. These are practical applications for your everyday life. That you would know who you are in Christ. That you would be secure. You would know that you are loved. And so you can go and minister to others because you know who you are in him. Amen. You can minister. You can speak out of intimacy and relationship with Jesus. You can be like a beacon. You can carry the heart of Christ. You can stand so that when stuff happens around you, that you are the one that is standing. And guess what? That's a witness in itself. When you stand, other people come up to you and go, how can you be like that at such a time like this? So we're like a hub, because a hub is a place where information comes in and goes out. If it's like an internet hub, if it's like a car, it's things that are connected. This is a place of connection. The church is meant to be a place of connection where people connect with others, and they encourage each other, and they build one another up in the most holy faith. Wow, it even sounds like scripture. Do not give up meeting together as in some of the habit of doing, but but, you know, meet together and all the more as you see the day of Jesus' return coming. Like a hub. And then we have the word rising. Because verses such as you are an overcomer, you are more than a conqueror in Christ to him who loved you. Nothing can separate you from his love. These verses are not just verses that you go, oh, that's really nice. It's truth that's who you are and it doesn't matter how you feel doesn't matter what circumstances might be saying to you at this point in time but that's who you are that's who you are and the enemy will try to whisper other stuff into you but you go no 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 i am an overcomer and I will overcome this situation. I am more than a conqueror. What is a more than a conqueror? You know, a conqueror is not that just you beat something. A a conqueror is not just that you come over something. A more more than a conqueror is that you take the spoils of that with you as you go. That's the more part. When we see battles in the Old Testament, in 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 the natural, we often see that they carried with them the spoils of war. So they not only conquered the nation, but they actually took the spoils of the nation with them. Amen. So when you are going through the battle, when you are battling something, you're not, you're not just going to conquer that. You're not just going to overcome that. But you're going to take the spiritual spoils, the things that you have learned through that, you're going to take them with them on your journey. You are more than a conqueror. Because God is always looking for sons. remember that that's everybody the answer has always been a son where has it ever changed in scripture it hasn't changed it's it's never changed the answer has always been a son Abraham had the promise of a slave no a son And your family, your children and their children and their children will be as numerous as the stars. It started with a son. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And today, as it says in Romans 8, that all of creation is in birth pains, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. The answer was and is and always will be a son. A son who knows that he is loved by his dad a son that knows that everything that his dad has is his. There's not, there's no arrogance in that. It's truth. A son that wants to please his dad. A son that wants to serve his dad. A son that wants to carry out the plans of his dad. And the purposes of his dad. And the Lord is looking for people who will begin to rise In the words of Isaiah chapter 60, and be the sons of God here in Bundaberg and this region and beyond. Amen. It is his kingdom come. And it is his will be done. It is. We think about this fact in 2 Corinthians, it says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 somewhere 14 thanks be to God who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place for to God we are the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to some we are an aroma of death leading to death but to others we are an aroma of life leading to life we are to carry the the fragrance the The aroma of Christ in your everyday life, in everything we are. We are the aroma of Christ among those who are perishing. And some people are not going to like it, but other people will receive it. Think about the strongest perfume that you can think of. Think of a time when you walked in a room and someone had really strong perfume on. And you went, whoo, wow, that's who's got that on? That's potent. And to some people, it gets up their nostrils. And they're like, A-choo! A-choo! And they're like, oh, wow. And to other people, like they're like, wow, that is, I love that. What brand is that? I want to buy that. We are the aroma of Christ. We're actually meant to be, and please don't mishear mis- this, we are meant to be a stench in people's nostrils. Not a stench, maybe stench is not quite the word I'm thinking of. A what? A, well, it's an aroma, an irritant. That to some, they pick up and go, that's what I want. And to other people, they won't. But you see, that's, that's God's issue. Ours is that we live for Jesus. And some people are going to taste and see that God is good and they're going to want that, and other people are not. But the key is this that we need to start to rise. Because, as I've said before, the the reason that Australia is in the the place Australia is is because the church has hidden behind the four walls for the last 30 years, 40 years. I don't know. I'm not that old. Well, actually, I am that old. You know what I'm trying to say. So what stops us? What stops us seeking His glory? Is it clutter? Is it life, time, stuff? What stops us from seeking His glory? What what stops us from being the aroma? What stops us from being the light of Christ in this world of, of darkness? What stops us? I think in general, because it's over this nation as a whole, there's a measure of apathy and complacency. Australia tends to have a she'll be right, mate attitude. And I think that's crept into the church She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. No, it won't. Not unless men and women of God are actually going to start standing up. This city of, this city of Bundaberg needs you to stand up. Needs us to stand up. But I think it's also two other things. One is Fear. Fear lurks at every corner. Fear's there. This whole media coverage of COVID and all this other r- rubbish stuff that goes on, it's all trying to put fear in you. Fear, 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 fear. Because when people start to f- feel fearful, you can start to control them. That's what happens in, a, in an ugly marriage where there's domestic violence. Is fear leads to control. And I'm sorry if anyone has been through that. It's horrible. But that's what the world's trying to do to you. Spiritually speaking. Trying to put fear in you so that then they can start to control you. And the last thing is you're not looking at Jesus enough. You're not looking at Jesus enough because you can't not look at Jesus and be changed. You can't not look in Jesus and want more. You can't not look at Jesus and go, I want this. I want I want what's written in this. I don't want to just hear more prophecies. I actually want to be the prophecy. I actually want to live the prophecy. I actually want to be a part of God wants to do. And I really feel in the spirit that we're in a moment in time. And I don't mean today. I don't mean today. And I'm sorry I'm taking a little bit longer. I don't mean a moment in time like today is the time. But we're in a we're we're in a period of time. We're in a critical time in the spirit as I've been praying. We're in a critical time where God is just really saying, okay, who is going to who, who is going to start to hunger and thirst for righteousness? It's a bit like that train. Wow, it's just coming back to me. I shared that vision of the train a couple of weeks ago. What was that last week? Last week, I shared the vision about the train and the guy on the train and blowing his whistle and said he said, all aboard. And people were like, yeah, you know, I'm just sitting on my seat. And then there was another chance, but the third, there was only three chances and the train took off. It's like we're in this time where we can't say, oh yeah, I'm going to wait till my life works out next year and then I'm going to start doing these things. No, 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 we're actually in a time now we actually need to say, I, I, I need to switch off that stupid TV. I need to get off my stupid computer. I need to put Facebook away because it's just taken up too much of my time. I, I need to get rid of distractions and I need to start getting serious about my relationship with Jesus because if my marriage was like this, we would be divorced by now. And I hope that doesn't sound legalistic because it's not meant to be. You just can't. You can't look at Jesus and just not want what he wants. (laughs) You know that verse of scripture that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I used to see that verse completely back to front. Until one day the Lord showed me, as you delight yourself in the Lord the things that he wants for you actually start coming on your heart. And so they just get fulfilled because it's, there's this transference. Because as you delight yourself in him, the things that are on his heart start coming on your heart and they just start happening. I used to think like, yeah, I'm going to delight myself in God and I'm going to get this and I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. And I'm like, no, that's not it at all. Because as you look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, you are changed. Where's Paul Smith? There's Paul Smith. We're going to end a little bit differently today. Is that all right? Ooh. Look at Mr. Smith strolling up with his coffee on his iPad. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You are God's answer. Because the answer is always a Son. You are God's answer as a child of God. You are God's answer to your next door neighbour, to the person at work, to a situation that you've found yourself in, to people that don't even know yet that they need Jesus. You are God's answer. And I'm really thankful as I look back. I'm really thankful for what God has done. And I'm really thankful for where God is taking us from. But you know what? I start to pray into glory. I start to pray into a hub. I start to pray into a rising. And something just longs for more. But it does start with Jesus. We're just going to begin to worship him today. Because I feel some of us just need to be refreshed in him. I feel some of us just need to be refreshed. And he is like living water that pours out into your soul. Amen. So we're just going to worship him. Don't forget about the great stuff that's happening this week and Impact and Neil's workshop and then the breakfast and stuff coming up. The baptism at 2.30 down at Kelly's Beach. It'd be great to see some people come and support. But let's just stand. Let's just close our eyes. Because you remember, worship is not just a bunch of words that are, sight, that are on a screen. But worship is the position of your heart before Him, the one who is worthy of all praise and glory and honor. Worship is about the position of your heart. And I've, I heard this morning, I heard this morning that God wants to release a new sound. That God wants to release a new sound and that new sound is going to come through you. And it's not a song that's written yet. It's not a song that Matt Redmond or someone else has actually done. It's actually a new song and it's a new sound and He wants to bring it forth through you. So we're just going to begin to worship Him. So you're going to have to get over fear of, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, or I don't have the best voice. You're going to have to get rid of fear. But you know what? There's no fear in His presence. There's no fear in His presence. In His presence it says, there is fullness of joy. In His presence there's fullness of joy. So I just want to encourage you right now just to begin to worship Him just open up your voices and let your lungs expand and just start to sing the praises of him who is worthy and let anything else that's in the way just start to fall off let anything else that's in the way start to just 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 yeah fall off to the ground as you begin to worship Jesus this morning and if you don't know what to say just start to sing scripture just start to sing scripture. You are worthy,
1: Jesus. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy of all praise, O oh God.
0: And if you've never done this before, then this morning is the morning. You just close your eyes, you put away all distractions, and you begin to focus on Jesus. And you let the Spirit of God start to lead you in worship. You let the Spirit of God start to lead you in worship. Oh,
1: Jesus. You are so worthy, Lord. There is no one like you, Jesus. There is no one like you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We aim to seek your face today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Jesus, we love you, Jesus.
0: got this song in my spirit. It's an old chorus, hey. And it says We place you Yo to Jesus not out of religion but out of surrender Lord we pray today as we stand here in this place Lord you would refresh hearts that need to be refreshed people that are discouraged God would receive encouragement from your presence today and I declare healing and wholeness over people's lives fear and worry and anxiety will leave And your love and your presence and your courage and your boldness would take the place of that fear and anxiety and worry in Jesus' name. God, would you just touch our hearts afresh that we would desire you above all else, above all else, that you would be the focus, that you would be the centre, that you would be the one, Jesus. Lord, we want to be that people of your glory. We want to be a people of your presence, God. We want to be an apostolic people that understand who we are and what you have done. And we want to live out that place as sons and daughters of the King, carrying out your plans and your purposes as in this city, O God. And let Jesus be the center of it all. Let Jesus be the focus. Let Jesus be the one. Oh.
1: Holy. Holy. you,